been released recently, the last couple of weeks, either digital products or physical products. Anything, anything new on Netflix or new functionality on Spotify or Amazon Prime? No, I noticed uh, on the Google Maps a new functionality, but I, I, I just recently used it because I mm. didn't uh, use it before with uh, events close to you. Uh, I, I love it on Google Maps. Uh, I'm currently using uh, only it, uh, for example, for restaurants in Paris for a long time. Uh, I nice. was uh, using uh, other tools, but today uh, with the filters they have, like uh, uh, super, super easy to use. Nice. Okay, Max, we are official live. So let me just uh, say welcome to scale, welcome to scale up Valley podcast to our community your number one source about scaling up. And today is all, is all about scaling product with Max, head of product at Moniz from London, Florian, co-founder and CPO at Payfit from Paris, and Torren, VP product marketing at AppNotes from New York. So welcome all. And please, Max, kick off the show. Thank you. Thanks very much, Mary. No, it's brilliant. It's, it's great to have uh, Florian and Tarim here with me today, talk about, talking about scaling up um, and really getting into some of the details. I think this, this week we're going to focus on execution, really trying to get into how does planning work and how do you translate plan into action, which is always, always the most difficult thing. A lot of people have ideas, but making those ideas work, that's where, that's where the miracles happen. So what I'll do is, uh, my name is Max Eskel. I'm head of products for Muniz. We are a uh, challenging uh, challenger bank here in Europe. We're in 30, 31 countries. We've just passed our millionth customer and we've just launched Apple Pay to uh, yeah, all across Europe. So very exciting times here for us. We're growing very fast. And I've, here I've got two amazing people that I hope to learn, learn great deals about and uh, share some sort of frustrations and thoughts about scaling. So Tarun, can you introduce yourself and say a bit about AppNexus? Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Tarun Berti. Uh, I joined AppNexus uh, around two years ago, and late last year we got acquired. So now we are we have rebranded to Xander. I joined as a VP of Product Marketing. I've, um, I'm taking up a new role of customer engagement and customer experience, um, and how we can improve or scale up um, overall our product base. Amazing. And Xander uh, and, and AppNexus, uh, we we are one of the largest. Uh, we provide technology for the buyers and sellers for digital ads. Okay, brilliant, fantastic. Florian, just let, let's jump in with you. So hello, my name is uh, Florian Fournier. I am the CPO and co-founder of Payfit. So Payfit, uh, we started in uh, 2016. We provide a payroll and HRIS solution in Europe. So uh, we have more than uh, 3,000 companies in France, Spain, Germany, and England. And uh, so we are today uh, 300 in the company and we plan to double in size uh, in the next year. And uh, we will open Italy in uh, 2020. Amazing, what, what great sort of scale up stories. You've got a, you know, quite a large company, 2000 people that's been acquired. There's gonna be really interesting dynamics there for scaling up. Florian, growing like we are, we're planning to grow double in size next year as well. So I'm sure we'll have you know, exciting stories. Uh, and challenges ahead of us. So let's, 
um, what I found is scaling up and learning from each other is a lot about context. There are some lessons that just apply to you and there's lessons that can apply to other people, but, but understanding which is which is all about context. So let's explore our structures of our companies and our size, because then hopefully that will better situate what we talk about. So here at Miniz, we've got 10 product teams. They encompass engineers, designers, marketers, product leads and analysts, all in the teams. And the teams own uh, products, uh, customer-facing financial products or internal-facing products like Ford. So the team size is between sort of nine and 12. They're dedicated, fully dedicated to an area. And to be honest, as much as possible, we try to give them pretty much most of the autonomy in that area. We have a core team, which is separate, that does all the sort of really hardcore infrastructure stuff. But, you know, we find that this is really helpful and allows us to be customer centric fast and very accountable. So it'd be really interesting to see what your design decisions were around your structures and, and what you feel you, that gave you first. So Florian, let's go with you, you know, as the, as the founder, you've got, you know, I'm sure this is sort of one of the things you enjoy the most and get involved the most about. Yeah, completely. Um, so we have something very specific at Payfit. It's um, we have created our own uh, programmation language for, uh, having the possibility to code the payroll complexity in this language. And uh, why have we done that? We have done that in order to give to um, country teams the possibility to code their law. And so we didn't want them to depend on software engineers, product managers, and product designers' work. We wanted to give them the possibility to, to code on their own the best payroll solution. So we have created the Jetlang. So we have um, one part of the product team which is uh, based in each country and uh, which uh, construct the, the payroll solution. And then we have a, a more uh, classic architecture with uh, teams working on HRIS features, for example, uh, um, onboarding, uh, performance review, uh, employee survey, uh, absences, expenses, a mobile app. And so uh, today we have uh, three big teams uh, in it. And uh, so we, one challenge is to construct, uh, you know, uh, uh, an organization to be able mm -hmm. to, to parallelize different uh, growth of the stuff. It's super interesting. I think one of one of the discussions I enjoy having the most is structures and the trade-offs they give. So you've got three quite big teams. Are they just are they just engineers or do they have other people? No. So teams with uh, product managers and product designers in them. Okay, so you know what what most people would call full stack teams, or, or sort of you know the Spotify sort of. So we have the Spotify the Spotify model for this uh, centralized for this international organization working mm -hmm. on uh, uh, HRS features or the Jetlang. So we have the tribes and squads, and then we have in each country, you know, these different organizations with the Jetlang masters, as we call them, because uh, those people using the language we have created, you know, it's a job we have created at Payfit, which is quite specific, mm -hmm. super, super interesting. And so those, those people, uh, they are not in those tribes and squads uh, for international teams. That's really that's really interesting. I think we face the same problem. You know, we've got kind of got got our app in twelve different languages. You know, and we're trying to balance what can we build across all markets versus how we, where do we need to go deep in specific markets. And this is one of the things we're struggling with with our with with our existing structure. And we're trying to think through. That's yeah, super interesting. So, Cameron, tell us tell, tell us more about the structure of the organization. Yeah. So, Zander um, is a, is a big company. We have thousands of employees, and we have on the we, we have three business units, um, buy-side business, sell-side business, and marketplace businesses. And then teams are aligned towards those initiatives. Um, 
So inside the product, we have those three business units, and then you have customer engagement and customer experience business units. Design is part of the product organization as well. And I lead the customer experience and customer engagement overall. So, so product design is in product, but customer experience is in marketing, or is that no? Like I, I, I report into product as well. Okay, okay, interesting. I think you're seeing there's so many different ways of doing products. I think every different conversation I have, this is why I find these conversations so interesting. Is every different conversation you have is a slight different nuance. Yeah, um, which I think is great. So you said you said you were big. Sort of how many? You said like two thousand. Yeah, that's is correct. That, is that engine? Is that is that the whole organization? Is that customer service and ops? Or is that just engineers? Or? Uh, no, that's the whole organization. Okay, cool. That's big. So I think one of the things you know about getting stuff done, the first thing is to work out what to do. So I think you know planning is an essential part of you know of of getting things done. Uh, bad plan is is better than no plan, as 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 General Patton said. So I think I think we're going to see some really big divergence between sort of our organizations in how they plan. Taryn, let's start with you because I imagine with a big organization, I think planning would be quite a quite a deliberate uh, process. Something yeah. done relatively infrequently but very well. Is that is that true? Or? Yeah, that's that's very correct. Like. Uh... We, we do our annual plans. At that point of time, we decide what are the company goals um, and then work our way backwards towards what are the OKRs for the, for the, for the company. Then from them, what are the OKRs um, for the departments and then work for the OKRs for the individuals from there on. Okay, so, so it cascades all the way down. So, yes. it, so the strategic objectives, then OKRs, and then the OKRs for division or department or whatever, and then OKRs. Okay. So, so for example, how, how does that, is that, that's on an annual process? Do you have a year long, so you have a year to achieve those objectives? Yes, uh, but we also have OKRs, like that's a, on, on a very high level, looking mm -hmm. at the full one year, but we, we create our OKRs every quarter. Okay, and they're the same OKRs or different OKRs? Or... Uh, it's the, the subset of the bigger OKRs, right? Okay, cool. So what you're trying to do is be very clear about the direction of travel and let that sort of percolate down, okay. That's and how, how long does that process take? Um, it, it depends. Every year, um, it, it depends of how much time it takes. It, <laughs> it definitely takes a um, few weeks to a month, probably. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. And that, that seems, just from what you're talking about, seems quite directive, quite top-down. Is, is that the case, or can ideas come from anywhere? I know it, it, it's, it's, it's not that it's very top-down. The, the, the overall goals remain come from the top, but at the same time, um, if you have new ideas, whether it's on the product side or on the marketing side, um, there's always a leeway of how do we achieve those things and innovations many times come from the bottom. Okay, so the goal is more about this is what needs to happen, how you make it happen is- Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, interesting. How do you sort of, with a, you know, who, who, who's involved in this process at all levels? Do you just all lock yourselves in a room or is it done by the leadership team or? Yeah, so another thing, like it starts with the, with the top and then mm -hmm. each of the department heads, say marketing head, product head, customer service, all those, mm -hmm. they, they decide their own goals and then mm -hmm. they work with their teams to decide their goals. Okay. So yeah, it's a really, yeah, relatively standing planning cycle. So Florian, I imagine I imagine things are very different. I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear sort of how you're doing it at the moment. Yeah. So um, we have um, two levels of planning. We have um, a country-specific planning, 
mm-hmm. and we have a, a global planning, you know, because um, because we provide a payroll and HRIS solution and the payroll solution is country specific because the uh, law in each country, you know, are very different. So um, um, for this country uh, planning, so it's uh, it's communicated only for the for the country and we, it is made by a local team, you know, our jet long masters that we spoke before, they are able to uh, modify uh, and to cut new new uh, laws very easily in the country. So it's uh, country specific. So let's not talk about this part, which is quite easy to align, but let's speak about, you know, the international planning, mm-hmm. um, which is for all the company and which is super important for all countries because it will impact all countries. Um, so we have a quarterly roadmap and we just started last quarter to introduce OKRs. OKR. So mm-hmm. um, um, it's super new for us. So today it's not super uh, powerful or useful because you know we keep on this format of, of uh, a quarterly keynote to all the company. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. how do we construct you know those, uh, those, uh, those quarterly those, um, roadmaps for the next quarter? Mm-hmm. So um, we have all those exchanges and all those processes, you know, of feedbacks from countries in each specific team, they provide their roadmap. Then we, we, integ- we, um, we, we merge uh, roadmaps from different countries. We merge feedbacks which are common between the, mm. different, ro- w- between the different ones. Then uh, we size, of course, uh, each one. We, uh, we, um, we try, fin, we are obliged to find an international solution. So for example, uh, if there is a need which is um, German specific, it's forbidden for us to, to find a German specific solution. So we mm-hmm. will find um, a solution, no matter if it's used by one country or 50. So maybe it, it, it will be used only by one country and Germany, but uh, we find an international solution to be sure that uh, if tomorrow we, um, we have uh, 50 more countries, you know, we will not have to maintain mm. German code to, to reproduce it. So it will be made uh, for it. So we have this, um, quarterly communication to all the company with different countries and um, and we don't um, we don't uh, engage on uh, more long-term subjects we just uh, give visibility to what will be discussed for next uh, for next for the for the rest of the year but there is no engagement on it and uh, we um, iterate a lot because uh, yeah I think we are quite small uh, on it so there are a lot of uh, discussions mm-hmm. so quarter to modify you know the, the quarter the, the next quarter i definitely see that with you in, in smaller companies i work with it's a lot more discussive and a lot less formal and you know it's a lot it's a lot more iterative and then at some point that breaks and i think we're we're at the point now where it's starting starting to break that just solving things with informal conversations um mm-hmm. you know is, is is now starting to become too painful Right. Um, and, and yeah, and where we need to start thinking now about sort of a different type of process. So I think you know, we've just finished our quarterly planning um, at the end of the month uh, for this month. So we now have clear roadmaps for each team for each month in the next quarter. So you know, what the teams are delivering each month, and then we've now trying to now push that further. So we we haven't nailed quarter four, but we've got here are the sort of four areas or five areas we want to explore. So by the time we hopefully get there, we've explored them a bit more. I think the larger we grow, the the further out we're going to have to push that horizon. But it's quite interesting. I think the balance is how do we, like you say, you know, how do you include 
ideas from everywhere, especially from the bottom up. I think you've got your country teams, which is you know your your your, your <coughs> voice voice of the customer, as it were, and that's coming in and really central. And I think that's that's fantastic, and we do the same with our product teams. It'd be interesting to to see sort of how do you get the voice of the customer into where you know into your planning cycle in terms of. You know, this is your customer saying, this is what I want solved, or this yeah. is the most painful thing for me. Yeah. So um, we, um, like the, the process depends on department to department. A lot of departments are customer facing. So for example, uh, when I was in the product marketing side, um, one of the OKRs for me and my team was we'll interview, go out and interview customers. We'll try to get feedback every week from the customers. Uh, we'll talk to the sales support account management, all those teams to get um, the customer feedback, but indirectly as well. Um, so those are some of the ways we, we we had those things already built into our OKRs. Now I've moved into customer engagement, customer experience. So now, again, the process remains, uh, the questions change a lot, definitely. But at the same time, now we have a process. We are going out to the customers uh, regularly, every week, every, uh, every bi-weekly, trying to get the feedback in terms of like, if they are OKRs, here are our hypotheses. From those hypotheses, what are some of the questions you want to get answers towards? So we go mm-hmm. out and talk to the customers, get the feedback, and then think about, here are some of the things we need to put on our roadmap. Okay. No, that makes it, I, th- I think that's really interesting. I think how you incorporate people's sort of desires and hopes for what they want to build versus what the customer wants, because you know engineers will want to use some sort of generally trying to t- try and experiment with some leaning edge technology, you know, sometimes that's at odds with what you know customers want. Designers want to build beautiful uh, experiences. Sometimes the customers just want something that works and is simple rather than something that's beautiful. Um, and business people want stuff that generates money. And sometimes there's a trade-off there with sort of how do you find that space where you win, the customer wins, and sort of balancing all those things. I think this is the great place or why it's great to be in product because you have to make those choices. You have to make the, tra- the, the trade-off or the decision between you know between how much or how how much you can give the customer without under you know without making your business unsustainable you know how much you can prioritize you know design versus and delight versus usability and sort of how much you can pay technical debt versus you know getting something out on time to hit deadlines i think it's a super super interesting super interesting role so let's talk about let's talk about communication now so how do you how do you help your entire organization align around what you're trying to do. And I imagine this is going to be so different. So Florian, let's go with you first. I think, yeah, it's going to be sort of simpler and shorter. Like you sort of mentioned your sort of quarterly, um, I think you mentioned sort of a quarterly process. How do you make sure that every day people are looking, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I know what's important. This is what I'm going to do. So we have this quarterly keynote with uh, all the company where uh, we announce what will be released and why do we do that for the next quarter, but it's super short term. So uh, in this quarterly keynote, so most of the most of the schedule is on this topic next quarter, but we, we begin with always the long-term vision because we have new page features that are arrived you know, in the past weeks. So we, we, be, we begin with this long-term vision. Uh, where do we want to go? And uh, then we, we precise what we will do. Um, there, there is this, um, we, we know that we, um, one of the biggest challenge is the why are we doing that and when are we doing those things because we have so many things you know to do for the coming years. Uh, it's super important for us to align everyone on um, 
why are we doing that at this time? Because it becomes more and more difficult with more and more countries to understand for them why is this prioritization made, you know, that before that. And so this, why are we doing that? We, it's, it's evolving. And so it's not only, it's not, it's not only for the product. So it's, um, you know, it's, um, it's a challenge for um, every uh, team at Payfit to, um, to explain the, um, why are we doing that? Where do we go? And what is the long term of, uh, of Payfit? Because in marketing, that's a big challenge, you know, to see to prospects, to tell them, okay, we will go here. It's uh, the same for sales, of course, for customers every day. But um, so this why and uh, which impact uh, what and how we will do things is super important. And we are currently um, working uh, hand in hand between product and marketing, you know, to see um, how we are gonna make Payfitter not align, not just on a, on a product keynote and understanding, but uh, having um, a global vision on um, enfin, a better vision on uh, what we want to do when. So it's a more long term. So it's not only product, it's product and marketing. We are we have workshops on it. But the um, the most important thing is the um, is the why, and we we have already you know um, uh, introduced in um, in onboarding. In the onboarding of every new payfitter, you know, uh, half a day on this question. So mm -hmm. why are we doing that? Where do we want to go? Because otherwise, it's so difficult for, uh, uh, we, we observed that it's so difficult for payfitters, you know, to see the link between uh, those uh, short-term short goals mm -hmm. and where we will go if they don't yeah. have uh, why. So um, I, I know it will uh, continue, you know, um, evolving and we will iterate a lot uh, on it, but... Uh, yeah, I hope oh, that makes sense. So, when you say planning, you're, you're looking in the future. How far is that? Is that sort of end of next year? Is that five years? Is no, that it's years like or... uh, three years. It's three, uh, years. three years because I, it, I think it's quite clear what the product will look look like in three years. Mm -hmm. But the basic, so it's quite easy, you know, to see like uh, features who will be introduced and but. It's not mm -hmm. the most important. What is super important is the why and how we, we, we will, will we do that. Because uh, for a new payfitters, you know, who, who didn't have uh, like uh, dozens of feedbacks from customers, like it, it's super complex to see. Okay, why we why will we do that if you uh, if you didn't have all those exchanges? So um, I think it's quite clear where we will go in three years. But the the story around it, you know, to have everyone aligned in every country is uh, super important because as you can imagine when we will open Italy in, uh, in the coming months when there will be 10 in the country it's mm -hmm. super different from uh, France where we will have uh, more than 300 people so uh, and they have to align on the roadmap to understand it so um, the story around it is super important the why around it is super important and so it's why we are you know focusing on this uh, topic so so you have a strong onboarding and you have these stories that you tell yourselves to sort of suggest what's important and and as you explain the why i think yeah. how, do, how do you how do you maintain that over time it can't just be onboarding that you've got to have some sort of reinforcement mechanism how do you yeah do so it's during product keynotes you know during product keynotes okay. as i said we oh, have okay. early planning but we have also a small part at the beginning you know mm -hmm. uh, repeating okay why and what maybe if there are if there, there, there had been some evolutions on the long-term vision so the the three-year vision we will uh, focus on those uh, evolutions so to be sure that uh, yes okay new page fitters have this presentation during their onboarding but on a quarterly basis 
they they have you know this repetition they have those if they are if they have had been some evolutions on this uh, strategy they uh, they will be they will hear about it and uh, and uh, we hope that uh, everyone uh, will be you know uh, aligned even mm -hmm. after uh, two weeks or after two years uh, at Pechit. Cool, good, uh, Taryn. I imagine yeah, I imagine that works in a small company where you can sort of you can spend that time and you know, I, I imagine Florian can attend all of the onboardings where I think that might be quite difficult for you is how do you, how do you align, you know, such a large company around, around what's important in doing, you know, doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think like uh, one, one thing that I've always used in all the companies is I'll share a couple of best practices that I've used. One is I think like we just talked about the OKRs each and every start, starts with the company, then the departments, then goes to the managers, and then goes to individuals. So each and every person knows what are their OKRs for this particular quarter. Mm -hmm. From there on, one practice I use is, and we, we share all these in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a wiki. So anybody can go and see whether marketing goals are aligned with the product, with the customer success, all those things. The second thing we actually specifically I do is looking at I call it a 3P, uh, plan, progress, and problem. Okay. So every week, everybody in my team, they share in terms of a plan, what are they planning to do next week to meet their OKRs? Uh, progress is what we did this week, uh, which helped us. And problem is if they have hit a roadblock uh, and they want to escalate, this is what's happening. And if any times we see a particular problem, specifically I see a particular problem which is coming up for my team, um, where are the places where I can help the team? This is way uh, I've used this process now in previous three companies I've worked with. Um, I think overall it helps everybody align from small tactical stuff, which is very important to get to complete the OKRs. And you don't see, we, you start with the OKR at the start of the quarter and towards the end of the quarter, there's always a gap. Like how do you want to make sure that these things are getting executed. Mm -hmm. so I think like, these three P's um, help, uh, help us help me and my team um, to make sure that we are aligned. Cool. And sort of how do you, how often do you do that? Is it every, every two week. weeks? Every, every week? Every, every, every Friday. Every Friday. Every Friday. Um, it's not like, it's not a lot of work. It's very much like uh, everybody can think about one or two bullets that I'm planning to do next week. Uh, what are two, one or two bullets that I did like last, this week. And if there is any problem, um, they can share. And it's not like each and every time you will have a plan or a progress or a problem. And sometimes you don't have, and that's fine. But once you have this, you share it with the whole team. There is a wiki, you put all those things. Mm -hmm. It's very really transparent. Anybody can go and see. Um, and in many ways or forms, it also helps other people to build on top of what you are doing. Um, so if you are having a particular problem and somebody sees that particular problem, um, I'll definitely as a manager can help the person. But many times somebody else also comes in and says, hey, uh, we tried this, I had a particular problem. Here's how we can solve it. Cool. And you, I think that's really interesting. I, you, I think we use something, yeah, it's, it's the same thing, we just name it differently. So we have, yeah, we have we have a stand up every morning where all the team leads get together with the CEO. We could do that because we're roughly the same size as Florian's, and they go, "It's all good," or "I need some help." And then, yeah, you know, we know that we know that within 24 hours we're going to solve every problem we've got. Hopefully, within 24 hours. Yeah. And then every two weeks the teams go, 
a little bit like Florian said in terms of the, the, the sort of keynote, we call it a review. This is what we built. It's going live. This is what we're building next. If anybody's got a problem, that's the time they speak up. So you don't have to sort of, teams don't have to go around the begging bowl going and say, please, sir, can you sign off, can you sign off my product? Change yeah. it. And as soon as anything's changed, have to recirculate it. Yeah. It's okay. This is you know, this is going live unless anybody holds up their hand. This is what I'm working on next unless anybody's got their hand. And then every every morning at nine thirty, we can go okay, yeah, all good or or not, and then we can jump on it. The other thing we've started doing actually is at the start of the meeting every nine thirty is showing the one graph that matters to us the most at the moment, which is active customers. You know, this is where we this is how it's going. This is where we want it to be. Obviously, this is where the CEO wants it to be even higher. Um, and you know, that really focuses every day. The team sort of get it get a sort of a focus on it or you have to be careful you don't want to push it too hard you don't want to sort of you want to make sure there's no sort of counter or negative behaviors going on but reminding people of what the goals are i think is quite helpful yeah. uh, i think at one point i would add is in my previous company the business was extremely transactional so it was a, a low touch high volume kind of a business and so in that kind of a business i think like uh, we used to use a, a, a daily 10 minute stand up so we used to do a lot of, run a lot of a b tests in a high transaction kind of a business, and we wanted to see the tests that we ran, say last yesterday or day before yesterday, how are they performing? So in that 10 or 15 minutes, all we used to talk about was uh, quickly, where are the test results? Secondly, if we need to make any change, should we? And third is aligning everybody. These are the two or three need next level of changes or tests we want to do uh, and try. Um, those I think like quick 10, 15, minutes meeting, especially in a business which is high transaction where you have to learn, you're learning every every day. Uh, those are extremely important. But again, it depends on what kind of business you have. If it's extremely high enterprise kind of a business, um, those kind of meetings would not be very useful mm -hmm. uh, because things don't change that fast. If it's a high transactional business, it makes so much sense to have those kind of meetings. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I think that sort of cottons onto something. I think we've got about ten minutes left. I think we should come on to if we start thinking about some top tips for execution for the end. But I'd like to spend sort of the last ten minutes on, you know, how do you change the plan? You've got a plan. You're sort of executing it, and then something else comes in. Whether you know, whether it's you know the issues with Huawei, you know, with Google, the trade sanctions and, and and Google stops their access. You know, their access. You know. The, these things always happen and we need yeah. to be able to change direction either because of a threat that's materialized or because there's a bigger opportunity. You know, we've talked about planning. How do you then be agile and how do you adapt? You know, Florian, let's go to you again. You're, you're small. I think you'll be able to change quite quickly. You know, opportunity or something comes in. How do you change? Okay. So um, changing on a, on a daily, you know, from, if you have to modify the roadmap uh, on the day, it's only because you have an hotfix in production and everyone is aware of that uh, in, uh, in engineering product and, uh, and product teams. So it's only for hotfix in production. But let's imagine that you have, uh, you see a big opportunity, a new one. Um, what we try to do is um, starting it the next sprint. So we, we try, you know, to keep on the screen because we know that uh, especially for engineering teams it's so uh, frustrating for them you know to mo to modify so we try to have this rule okay in the sprint we try to keep on it only for regressions and hotfix in production we will modify the roadmap but uh, otherwise we will wait for the next sprint and so for the next sprint um, how can we make this move we can make this move only if you know a product manager product designer and engineering manager 
you know, understand why we do that. So it's not, it's not uh, me or, you know, a VP telling, okay, we have to modify that. We need, you know, to, okay, uh, let's align. Uh, is it so important? Is it more important than what we have made? And those people, you know, product manager, product designer and engineers, they, they need, um, we hire people that, that, that are ready to move their roadmap if it's better for the business. So there was no problem for them to, uh, to stop uh, a work uh, or uh, um, a plan that they, 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 they had for the past uh, 10 months. We don't care if it's better for the business. Mm-hmm. And so uh, like uh, with this, uh, um, today everyone is aware of this system and uh, everyone agrees on that. So then the challenge is, uh, yes, having, uh, you know, all the engineering team understanding it, all, you know, the, the people impacted by the, by the move of the, of the original plan uh, aware of that, but uh, today I think because we are quite small and um, communication, uh, even between different countries, are quite easy. Uh, it's easy to align everyone on that. So I, I know it will be a challenge, like uh, being a one person in the company, but <laughs> so it's easy to align and having people uh, understand uh, why we did that. I, th- I think it's easy if you've got this culture of change and you're small. I think it's easy because you can go around and talk to everybody who's affected individually and say, look, you know, even as a CEO or, or as me as the head of product, I can go around and say, look, I'm sorry about this. This is what's, you know, I can do that because we're really small. I think the challenge will be if you're much, much larger, you, you just can't do that. So how do you, how do you change and not, you know, and not have too negative impact on people? Taryn, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's a very interesting question. And I think like problems or, or change of plans can come from many different directions. Like, uh, and also some of the changes are like small. For example, I was talking about the, the plan, progress and problem. So some of the things can be just a, a, a local department getting impacted or few people getting impacted. Uh, we thought this will take say two weeks. It's going to take four weeks. We have to plan. It's, a, it's uh, I call it a localized issue or localized problem. And uh, we, work on a triage, but many times it can be also a big change. For example, it's it's coming from an industry-wide change. Um, and at that part of time, I think like uh, we, as a company, we, we, we communicate almost, uh, we have uh, platforms in which we communicate uh, with, the, with the company. We have town halls and we have um, uh, monthly, quarterly meetings kind of a thing. From there on, uh, we, we share those kind of updates and try to work on a plan um, how to minimize the negative impact. If there is a negative impact, how do you minimize the negative impact of that particular change? Um, yeah. I'm unable to hear you. Sorry, that's my fault. I went on mute. <laughs> so I think thinking through in advance that, that people find change difficult, even, even if you're sort of going out with it, and sort of going into something saying, okay, this change will affect people. How do we sort of mitigate it? I think it's yeah, the biggest thing you can do. Um, and I think it always comes, you know, for me, it always comes back to the why. If you're able, like Florian said, if you're able to clearly articulate why this is the yeah. thing to do, even if somebody's just spent 10 months doing something, yeah. um, you know, people are a lot more forgiving than if they don't, they don't know about yep. that and they just sort of go, okay, my nine months work is just you know, sunk cost down the drain. And somebody's calling it sunk cost. Um, and I don't even know what that means. So I think that's, yeah. I think that's <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I think we've got sort of five minutes left. So let's, let's talk about some sort of top tips or um, 
any advice that we've got for sort of how do you stick to the plan? So let's go back to you've got a plan, you want to execute well, sort of you know, some sort of you know, life pro tips about um, sticking to the plan. How, how, how do you do that? How do you do it for him? So one small tip which changed so many things is uh, moving from, from um, um, features with dates to just features released during the quarter. So it was a big change because uh, like uh, engaging only on, uh, on the quarter when it will be released, it's very different from uh, saying it will be released by the end of April. And so it's a huge change. And so it's uh, easier than to modify the roadmap, you know, concerning the last question when you didn't engage. And so when you plan your quarter, you uh, plan uh, like a, a 80% uh, quarter capacity. So you know that you will be able to add new things uh, or to uh, to uh, yes to to be able to react without having to uh, to speak to everyone in the company. So first thing is uh, never we never engage on day on dates. We did at the beginning, but uh, so it was a, a huge change. And um, and then yes, I think uh, you know this uh, meet this um, uh, bi weekly meetings that we have with all product managers, all product designers, and engineering managers on their own are so 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 important. Uh, for the feedbacks, I, I think it's uh, very small, small things. Uh, but uh, um. nice. No, no, these are these are the great these are great pro tips. Um, Taran? Yeah. So uh, the question was more around how do you ensure that you execute the plan? Yeah. So just any any sort of tips, any tips or tricks you've learned about um, sort of sticking to the plan or pushing the plan forwards or. Yeah, uh, I'll answer that, but I would, I'm also a big believer in starting with the customer um, and work your way backward. So at any point of time, if the customer requirements change because of any reason, and they do change in this, in this, in, at this point of time, be agile enough to ensure that not just thinking about, here's what we discussed, here's what we agreed. Um, if there's a big trend, be agile enough. I think like, that's that's key. But at the same time, I think like, um, one thing we uh, always think about or get towards is sticking to the plan is thinking about testing and learning continuously. Mm -hmm. So um, what we believe is like start with something small and test it out whether it's working out, build an MVP kind of a thing, measure, fail fast, and then scale up and, and then go moving forward. And you have uh, very much like a process, uh, a baby steps of you are seeing the things are moving in this direction now we need to scale up versus just scaling up and then realize after six or seven months, oh, we are failing. Um, that costs a lot of resources and also a lot of communication issues overall. And I think that a lot of these things happen if you have if you create the right culture mm -hmm. uh, inside the company. Um, one of the things I always say is um, everybody, everyone wants to be a valued member of a winning team on an inspiring mm -hmm. mission. This is something that, that I learned from, from from one of my previous co-founders, one of my founders. Um, and so building a team culture where you actually encourage people to share the problems early on and making sure people are collaborating um, and you have a focus towards the goal and solving a particular problem. Start start with the customers, test, test and learn continuously and creating the right culture. I think those are some of the things um, which help, but apart from that, we, we already talked about the three P's, OKRs. I think like those mm -hmm. are the things, practical things uh, you always use. I think those, yeah, the three P's. I think I think that was that was that was super helpful and insightful. Yeah, I think for for, for me, the culture bit resonates as well. You know, 
especially in the startup with Florian, you know, we, we hire people who make stuff happen rather than wait for stuff to happen. Um, and that we look for that and we hire for that specifically. So we generally don't hire from big banks or from big organizations because they generally don't have that mindset of extreme ownership. This is mine. Nobody else is going to push this forwards unless I push this forwards. So from us, it sort of starts with the hiring. It sort of adds up with the sort of the culture. You know, we, we, we talk about moving the problem, the solution forwards every day. Doesn't mean you, doesn't matter if you move it forwards a millimeter or a meter. It, if, if every day you just move it forwards a bit, you beat everybody else because, you know, everybody else isn't doing that. Um, and I think, you yeah, we like to use the this sort of analogy and we use this a lot of a glacier you know you're just going down the hill it doesn't matter what's in the way whether it's a you know whether it's trees whether it's a forest you just you slowly you know whether it's a mountain you just slowly every day just moving it forwards and through doing that we think you know it's sort of more deliberate more considered um and it just you know, moves the problem forward and, and using the stories you know florian using the stories that we tell ourselves to sort of you know to encourage this this focus on execution, which is something you know, we, we hold very, very highly. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You know, thank you very much, Tarun and Florian. It's you know, been fantastic. We've sort of explored the difference between sort of large, you know, larger companies that have just sort of just been acquired in terms of the process, the planning and the communication. We've gone down to the sort of the super scrappy startup who's still going to double and scale over the next year, which would be super exciting. We'll start experiencing the pains that we're experiencing, start experiencing the pains Turin's experiencing. But hopefully, you know, through explaining this, we sort of energized ourselves and, you know, heard about ideas and tips and tricks in order to help, you know, help scaling, help delivering value as well. You know, start with the customer, the three P's, you know, the culture, you know, having these regular meetings where you touch base and sort of and, and move the idea forwards and talks about structure and about how to move structure. So, you know, thank you very much. I've learned a huge amount. I think it's now time to hand over to Mary, you know, to say some, to, 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 to finalize and say some stuff about scale-up value. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Max. Thank you. Wow, so much learning in one episode. Amazing. Thank you, Taryn. Thank you, Max. Thank you, Florian. I hope our scale-up community enjoy this show. So if you like it, please press the button below. You can listen this and other podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. So please, thank you. You ha we have a final code, so hire to make it happen from Max. <laughs> and thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye-bye.